Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. I see. That's the opening credits. Now, what film is that the opening credits to? Suddenly I See by Katie Tunstall. I'm like a disc jockey. Zero idea. Go on. How can you not know one of the most famous opening segments of a movie ever with all the women getting dressed for work and putting on their tights and putting on their lipstick? And Don't tell me. Sex in the City. The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay. The Devil Wears Prada. Welcome to my life. <laughs> a fantastic opening sequence. And I wanted the film of my book, Eight and a Half Stone, to be the opposite of that, which was lots of women getting ready for work, but everything going wrong. Real so life. The tights ladder, and they look in the mirror and they discover they've got a boil. And um, I was going to have Victoria Beckham yelling at Dave, David, David, everything was going wrong. And then the zips burst and they're lying on the bed with the coat hanger. So everything is the opposite. Suddenly I see by Katie Tunstall. But the reason we've got this is we're going to have a new segment of the podcast each week beginning. Oh, I don't even know about this. I'm Miranda Priestley and you are Andy. Andy you. Who was her assistant? Have you not seen Devil Wears Prada? Oh no, I have many times, but I, I've, I've I've not focused. Andy was it. her assistant, and I'm Miranda Priestley, who in the film was played by Meryl Streep, and Andy Love Meryl is Street. played by one of the most beautiful girls in the world. Well, we've already got a foul, haven't we? We've already got an issue. So we're going to have the Miranda Priestley moment each week. What was the Miranda Priestley moment this week, Andy? Was it? Da, 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 Liz is an inventor. No, going to get cystitis cream. Because Andy, oh. Andy has to get Miranda Priestley's coffees and run with her Starbucks every single morning. Then she has to go and get her Hermes scarves. And then she has to go and take her dog to the vet. So the Miranda Priestley moment this week, which you failed. Oh, you mean the dog's body moment. The Andy, to Miranda <laughs> Priestley moment, was you going into Boots and saying, can I have some cystitis medicine? Do you know, I don't, I, there are so few boundaries. I take absolutely zero notice of doing anything like that because there are no boundaries. There are none, none. So that worked really well. She didn't know the song. She doesn't know who Andy is. And she forgot that she got me cystitis medicine. Uh, but what Nick mentioned, but it wasn't my Miranda Priestley moment. It was, was exciting, though. We're very, very excited. I sat on my horse, <laughs> Swirly, who's a thoroughbred ex-racer. And I'm going to talk about, it's been a very horsey week. For the first time, well, over a year, 
Yeah, you done amazing, amazing. And I was throwing up beforehand. But you enjoyed it though, didn't you? It felt good. Yeah, because she's such a lovely girl. And I was sort of, this is, I, I wanted to talk a bit about trying to be confident because I'm a very unconfident person. And I was interviewed on BBC Radio London yesterday about my book coming out. And the presenter said, oh, Liz, I hear you're going on tour and it's been cancelled, she said. But you're the last person I can see going on tour, she said, because you're so shy and nervous because she's met me. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of have to agree with that. And I got up that morning and I, because so early needs a saddle because over lockdown she's got a bit wider. As we all have. Not me. Not you, except you, of course. I'm a scientific marvel. You are. If only you could scientific marvel me with it. God, blimey. So she had to have the, the saddle come and fit her. So I thought, oh, God, she's driven for two hours. I can't not go. So I went along. But as I was walking to Swirly, who was waiting for me, I I don't know if any of you watched Panorama on Monday, but it was about racehorses and... 4,000 have been taken to abattoirs since 2019 in this country because the abattoir is in Swindon. Sometimes they travel from Ireland 250 miles in a lorry with 15 other horses, Shocking. often with very broken legs or they can't stand, frightened. Shocking. And one horse who was shot several times had won about £170,000 in winnings and that's still how the horse ended up. No gratitude What's happened to us? Where has the humanity gone in humans? We are completely and utterly shocking. But do you know how many awful. horses died in the First World War? Eight million horses died shocking. in the First World War. So I wrote a piece for the Daily Mail on Monday, actually, and I was so stressed writing it. I got to the end of it. I was sitting in a very trendy hotel with all these people with beards around me, and there's me typing away about racehorses. And I was so stressed, I got to the end of it, and then I deleted the whole file, and I phoned Nick up in another Miranda Priestly moment, and I said, Nick, I've just deleted my whole feature on horses for the Daily Mail. Can you retrieve it? The answer is categorically no. Unless you've saved it first, no, which obviously wasn't what we wanted to hear. So I'm sitting surrounded by all these people in beers, and I thought, I've got to write this piece about horses. So I had to write it all over again. But basically, it was about Swirly and the fact that she'd raced six times when she was four, and she's about 12 now. And not long after I got her, I went to the Racing Post to find, because you can find videos of every single race, of what they did and how much they won and everything. And I watched her racing when she was four, and I knew it was her from her funny little ears. And even though she was at the back of the field way because she's so lazy isn't she Nick? Yeah, no she never does anything she doesn't want to do yeah even though she's way behind all the other horses with her little ears going she's trying her best the jockey is whipping her and whipping her and whipping her and i remember crying watching this video because someone is touching my horse even though it was years before you wanna, I got You want to knock them off, don't you, and beat them with the whip. How dare you touch my horse? Horrible little so man. So as I was walking in my little jobpers to sit on Swirly for, for the saddle fitter, I was thinking, I'm not going to harm her. She's going to be safe for the rest of her life, and she's loved, and she's never, ever, never not going to be with me. And all I'm going to do is sit on her, ha on her back on a, on a very expensive saddle that was going to be wider so it doesn't hurt her, I'm not going to hurt her, no. and I'm 
probably a better owner than 99%. I don't call myself yeah. an owner, actually. I'm a better companion than yeah. a 99%. So that's what got me on was the fact that I'm better than all these posh people who win Grand Nationals and win Ascots and they they should rot in hell. No, uh, horses are not cars. They're not motorbikes. People wheel them out, do what they want with them and shove them back in the stable. It's appalling. It's disgusting. So I wrote this piece, award-winning probably, and all these hipsters around me and... I don't like shouting my own trumpet, apart from the last two weeks. All these hipsters, and they're all young and trendy, and they're all working in a in a hip Soho house bar and everything. And uh, they probably think, who's that silly old bat crying in the corner? But actually, I was writing a piece that I felt mattered. Yeah. And I thought to myself, not only can I get on my horse, and I'm not going to hurt her, I'm as good as all those hipsters sitting there writing because what I write matters. Yeah. Well, surely that's that's the point of doing your job is you have a voice and you Money. can use it. Money. Now, apart awards. From, apart, apart from Money. Award, awards. Does, does anyone know she was communist a year? Let's just put that out there. Let's get it out and over and done with. She's even changed her signature on her email. She worked it out herself. I've changed my bio on Twitter. Have you? <laughs> On my own. You weren't I wasn't, yourself. I wasn't Miranda Priestley. I changed my bio on Twitter by myself. Right, okay, can I just point out, right, how suddenly you're all capable. Suddenly I'm the la la la. No, la and la. you're capable of doing all these little things that normally you'd be going, Nick, Nick, <laughs> and now all of a sudden, columnist of the year is everywhere. That's all. That is all. <laughs> That's all. I'm going to start saying that. That's oh, all. Oh God! I'm going to get. I'm going to get a grey bob. Preserve and me. And I'm going to throw my coat at you every day. Yeah, well, it just land on the floor, wouldn't it? Like when I give myself to you. <laughs> but I've been watching This Way Up on Channel Four. Have you heard about this? It's no. a sitcom. No. It is very funny, but it stars Aileen B. And she's Irish. And do you remember I went to interview Aileen B? She played a magazine editor in a TV comedy. Comedies about magazines and programmes about magazines, they don't really succeed, do they? But I don't think that got a second series. But she's written this and she stars in it. And it's a comedy. Her and her sister, played by Sharon Horgan. Now, she was the woman in Together with James McAvoy. So she's actually met James McAvoy. I'd love to stroke James McAvoy. Isn't he gorgeous? Oh, he got lovely God. twinkly eyes. Hasn't he got a lovely torso? Do you think it's wrong to lust after men publicly? Because a lot of people said that Boris Becker got into trouble for fancying a woman on telly, but we're always going on about them, aren't we? James McAvoy. Yeah, but that's the whole point, isn't it? Sex sells. Sex sells telly. Sex no, but sells it's, films. is it wrong for women to lust after men? No, and it's not wrong for men to lust after women. That's the whole nature but of But I things. think even if it is wrong, we're redressing several million years, however long humans have been around, thousand years possibly, I don't do maths, of men having the upper hand. So now we need to have the upper hand and lust after James McAvoy and say, hasn't he got twinkly eyes? To be fair, well, I didn't even notice his eyes. To be fair, we were designed to procreate and I would love to procreate with James I McAvoy. Wasn't. I wasn't designed well, you to were procreate. De- well, that's why you lust after people. Not to have babies, I would never have ruined my No, but my you've body. just made the decision, haven't you? You're not ruining your figure. <laughs> Mine's past help, it don't matter. But anyway... 
Sharon, who plays the sister of Aileen B, is moving into a lovely new house with her fiancé. Bear in mind, it's her fiancé, a hysterical scene. And he's away at, at New York at work, and she's unpacking all the boxes. And bear in mind, they're getting married. And she phones him up, and she says, oh, I'm putting stuff away. Is there anything in particular you want me to do or anything you particularly want me to put things? Bear in mind, they're getting married. And he says... Just wait till I'm home for any stuff that gets nailed on the walls. <gasps> so he's not that committed <sighs> that he doesn't want her to put a nail in the wall in case he has to putty over it because she's out. I'm sorry. Any man interferes with where I put things in the house. That's fancy just a saying no. no nails. No nails. <laughs> fancy asking him. <laughs> I just wouldn't have asked. I'd have just a lot of on. people have said that this way up is better than... Um, Fleabag, and I will admit that Aileen B is more likeable, but she and she's not as posh. What I didn't like about Fleabag, it was so posh, West London, living in huge big houses. I didn't, didn't like Fleabag. I loved the stage production. I thought that was she didn't fantastic. like Fleabag. No, she can't remember who the characters are in Devil Wears Prada. She's never seen an episode of Sex and the City. I'm slightly thinking I'm going to have to ditch Nick for Hariko Murakami, who wrote The Wind Up Bird Chronicles, one of the most traumatic books I've ever read. Right. Okay, you crack on and see Book how long pri- he stays. Booker Prize winner. You just see how long they stay around. Will he, <laughs> or will Prince Harry, because he's been on a few, he's been on your friend, whatever her my name is. Bryony, my mate. Bryony. Yeah, my go, mate. Go and work for her. Would Murakami go and get my cystitis medicine? I doubt it. Or hold your hair when you vomit. All these little, all these little things I do for you. <laughs> so, uh, what have you been doing, Nick, apart from getting my cystitis medicine? Well, which yes, I got. I think due to stress, not through sex, because I didn't have sex, even though I'd been to Lucanda Locatelli. It made me feel so much better going to Boots knowing that. It made me feel so much more <laughs> happier. I, I've been cutting hay. I have been cutting and turning and baling and lugging hay. You posted pictures on Twitter of you cutting hay. I think she's actually quite enjoyed it. No, I have enjoyed it. It's really hard work, but you're out on the field in the sun and it's like, yeah, it's great. Except for, you know that film, 10 did, Things did, did I you, Hate About You? Did you have someone walking in front of the tractor with the... With the Poking in case there were hedgehogs. Did, n- no, um, did the quad in front of the tractor. Actually, Martin did walk in front of the tractor a lot. When when he was mowing, he did actually walk in front of the tractor. But ten things I hate about you. Last night, he brought the tractor onto the yard and I was doing the horses very late at night because Nick had died. And I stood in front of the tractor with like my arms wide, screaming, because I thought he was going to run my dogs over. <laughs> he so won't it was run like, your dogs over. It was like Tiananmen Square with the tanks. <laughs> he won't run your dogs over. Stop! Stop! Oh, no. It was like Tiananmen Square all over again. I was in the field, in the pitch black, stacking bales still. My arms literally are so numb, I think they're going to fall off. But this is a sure way. If you want to get rid of your fellas, ladies... Cut hay with them, seriously. It is the route to divorce. It is the route to not 10 things I hate about you, it's 20 things. I wasn't here last weekend 
when you oh. completely fell out with Martin because I oh. was doing television because I'm Miranda Priestley. But tell me what was what happened. Well, what was the worst thing? But, well, basically, so we're cutting hay. We've got a 1958 tractor we've borrowed from it's the, the lovely same age Dan. as me. The tractor age. is the same age as me, and we're both going strong. It's still going, but like Liz, it needs a lot of new parts. So we're, we've had a lot of new parts. <laughs> so basically, this tractor, she has had a. She, the water pump's gone this week. The radiator's run out of water because has it, it had got a leak. Cystitis? Well, it did. It ran out of water. We've had to. We've had to <laughs> bleed it. Um, she's overheated. She ran out of diesel, so we had to bleed that. She then got a flat tire on the hay bob. So the hay bob is the thing that spins the hay round. Nick has so, turned into Jeremy Clarkson. I am. I, I'm a bloke. There's no two ways about He's it. He's got a series about farming. And I'm a bloke. I'm definitely a bloke. Tell got, me what went wrong with Martin. Ross on the field. Well, basically, everything I've just told you was my fault. Everything. If it happened, including the possibility of rain... Does he talk Does he talk rudely to you? He was in a foul mood. So I'm doing the, it's fine, we'll just sort it out. And then I'm trying to explain something to him and he didn't understand what I was saying. So he shouted at me a lot. And then half an hour when he tried to prove his point that he was right and I was wrong, he found out I was right and then had to apologise. So basically... Everything was my fault. The tractor, the weather, the ratchet straps. But yes, it is. It I is felt a bit sorry for him, really. At that one point, he was standing at the corner of the yard with the hose pipe, hosing himself down it with was, the hose pipe. It, to be fair, he has worked incredibly hard. We have we have not stopped. We've been doing 16, 17 hour days. We're absolutely exhausted. And if, if 16, 17 nowadays, you could almost be a top writer. I could almost be. Top writer like me. But I'm very adaptable. One minute I'm one minute I'm like being Miranda. Next minute I'm Andy. Andy, that's it, that one. And the next minute I'm doing the quad stuff and they're doing the horses and doing dogs and then cutting hay. I'm I'm nothing if not adaptable. But it is, if we didn't, don't, we're nearly finished. So the test will be is who kills who before the end of today when we're supposed to be finished. My money's on Nick winning, actually. I'd hope so. So it could be next week that Martin has to do the podcast because he's killed me. Or it might be that I'm in prison because I've killed Martin. (laughs) Do you want to hear about dinner with the XX? No, not really, because I'm so annoyed you've done dinner with the XX. Don't go backwards, go forwards. But come on, tell me all about it. Well, I was a bit of a loose end before doing my award-winning telly. <laughs> about my award-winning career. And I didn't want to let the lady down, the lovely Italian lady, who was all buoyant, I think because they'd won the football, and she said, do you still want your table? I didn't want to say, well, we criticise my hair, so no, we're not coming. And it is your favourite restaurant. It's my favourite restaurant. Exactly. So we go to La Candor Locatelli and I wore my Gucci hanky skirt and a Prada T-shirt. And I have to say, that Prada T-shirt, I bought it in Selfridges because I buy so few things. I actually remember when Mm. I bought them and where I bought them, whereas you just get job lots. So I was in Selfridges (laughs) and I bought this Prada Sport black T-shirt and... Just over 20 years ago, and it's still absolutely night new. So cost per wear is about probably minus 10 pence. 
Yeah, but I've got a pair of red shoes that's 28 years old that I still wear from Next. So my cost per wear... I bet they're hideous. They're lovely. They love their little kitten heels. You probably hate them. Kitten heels. Never, ever. Do you want some fashion advice, everyone? Never, ever wear kitten heels. Well, it's better than walking in six-inch heels and then waddling like a duck. Which is yeah, what I do. But that's what I, I hold on to passing strangers when I'm in heels. You manage heels better than I do, I've got to be honest. <laughs> also, the reason I turned up for dinner was I would have lost my deposit. And you wouldn't have gone to your favourite restaurant. So I still wanted to go to my favourite restaurant. <laughs> but it was weird. I got there and the taxi pulled up and I could see him outside smoking. And he was wearing this sort of white suit and he had these awful trainers on and I just thought oh really I, re- I just want the taxi driver to turn around and go away and I was still wearing a mask then because it was before all the end of- and Uber still makes you wear a mask and I thought I wonder if he's recognised me can was you I sinking just- in the seat can I just turn round <laughs> the trouble with Uber drivers is they don't like going anywhere new that you haven't put into the computer yeah, it confuses them <laughs> do that thing like when you get into a car when you're chasing someone that's like stolen your handbag or something drive on drive no but on. if you got in an uber and said follow that car they'd never do it they'd say have you been to the app oh. first it's not it's no i've always wanted to do that actually so we sat down i'm obviously i'm just like his mother and it was a big occasion because it was his 60th birthday and i said couldn't you have worn your proper shoes <laughs> And so it begins. So he said, my feet spread in lockdown. But what always puzzles me about men is why do they never think they have to at least try to be attractive? Did he not think he was trying but had failed? Or did he just not try? Which is it? But saying my feet have spread in lockdown is not going to get you into bed and give you cystitis, is it? No, I wouldn't have thought so. See, the other week, the word of the podcast was chippy. With, with Last consoles. week it was award winning. This week it's cystitis. It is. So we're isn't going it? down, aren't we? Really? We've got really nowhere left to sink for next week, have we? It's going to have to be really awful next week. I ordered a virgin cocktail because I can't drink. Maybe this is why I've managed to go on dates and not think men are boring because I was drunk. It and helps. on champagne. No, it really helps. But all I could think of sitting there with my virgin cocktail, thinking about his feet sweating, was. <laughs> I wonder what time Waitrose will turn up and how many substitutions there will be. I'll tell you, all I can see from your description is you're sitting opposite a hobbit. Big, flat, sweaty feet. All I could think of was my Waitrose order. That isn't good, is it? Oh, dear. To be fair, I prefer Waitrose. And then he said, I think this is the last time we should see each other. So I said, but you were the one who wanted to meet up. He said, I know, but I find it too upsetting. I said, but you were the one who said you don't want to be in a relationship with anyone. And he said, did I? I just don't like being shouted at. So I know we shouldn't argue on this special day, but we started arguing. And then the waiter turned up and said, don't you want want your Michelin-starred vegan aubergine with vegan ricotta? And I said, I can't eat while I'm arguing. Oh, see, I can. So we we created a scene in the Canto Locatelli. And he got up on his special day. I was slightly worried you'd want birthday sex. It's the worst thing no. in the world, isn't it? No. I wonder what age they start having that. What, birthday sex? I didn't know it was a thing. Well, it is. If it's their birthday, you can't go to bed and say, I really hate your big feet, can you? I can imagine you would. Well, I might. <laughs> so he stood up after the main course and just left. 
on his special day. No. And I sit there and all the waiter- waiters are feeling sorry for me. And I think I'm in another luxury venue left on my own, humiliated. Oh, no. And all the waiters are looking at me. And all I could think was, thank God I didn't get him a present. I've been cutting back. Thank God you didn't get him a present. And actually, you could spend the rest of the evening having a nice time. Yeah, with Hariko Murakami. Exactly, and dessert. You'd had your main course, just go for the dessert. And then I couldn't get a taxi and it was pouring with rain and I got really wet. And I got back to the hotel, the Soho house in Soho, and the girl on the desk said, did you have a nice time? And I said, no. And she said, you look like you've been waterboarded because I was completely soaked. And Prada and Gucci are not waterproof. No, no. Are they ever going to look the same again? Well, I'm hoping the Prada T-shirt recovers, but I won't. (laughs) You're not waterproof. You can read this week's diary in full in the Man on Sunday's You magazine. But, you know, looking back on my award-winning career, it's just been... That film with James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan together was just one long argument, wasn't yeah, it? it was. And I think I could have written that film and won it a was. BAFTA and worn a frock up the red carpet. To be fair, all they've got to do is get a camera out and, fo- and do real life, record real life arguing. So my archive is another disaster. I think this is the most disastrous column I've ever written, actually. From 2007, and it's quite funny, the heading, the headline, this is in a paper which is all about, you know, famine, and um, it was before Brexit, but it was all about the financial crash and banks going under a northern rock. And the heading above my column was, more disasters with men. <laughs> and now, 2021, it's still the same. It's still the same. <laughs> this is when I was married, and I was also a very high-flying fashion director like Miranda Priestley. But now you're award-winning. But now I am award I didn't win any, any awards when I was a magazine editor. You were working up to it. I arrived home from New York early on Saturday to find, one, he had the overhead light on in the kitchen. <gasps> what is it? You do it as well, Nick. You are a man. You. Well, I came back from being in London doing television and I put the dimmer light on in the kitchen in the bathroom and it was on full and she'd had the overhead light on in the bathroom yes i'll tell you why because every time i get in your bath i go to sleep so i'm trying to stay who awake. puts overhead lights on well when you want to say that's that's i don't want to see when i'm in the bathroom <laughs> thank you <laughs> two there was no coffee or chocolate biscuits or bread other than two slices from a loaf i bought two weeks ago I asked him what I was supposed to have breakfast for breakfast after a long haul flight, and he suggested we go out. Three, the washing machine had broken. I tried to, not to say anything, but by Saturday night, jet lag got the better of me. Again, rather than make me a lovely home-cooked dinner, he suggested we go out to eat. Why didn't you go shopping, I asked him. I couldn't be bothered, he said. But when you go away to do yoga or something I make sure you don't have anything to do when you get home you didn't even buy any biscuits you ate my muesli I'm starving the moment you got home you started whining he said why have you got that light on so I said that's it I've had enough of you what on earth do you think I get out of this relationship you say you love me but you don't if you loved me you'd be more thoughtful 
How much effort does it take to get a load of bread, a loaf of bread? I'm tired of your la laziness. I can't forgive you for having cheated on me. When you begged me to let you stay on my birthday, my special day, you promised me you would be niceness on tap and you would change, but you haven't. I want a divorce. I left the room. The next day he went to yoga and I went to London Fashion Week. See, it's award-winning there. It's award-winning. When I got be. home, I found he'd bought coffee, a nice loaf, tomato sauce from the Italian deli, a bottle of champagne, but it was too late. Why do we have to threaten men with divorce to make them go shopping? Yeah. I had breakfast with Chris after yoga, he said, referring to his new gay best friend. I told him, you threatened me with divorce because I hadn't bought any bread from Ottolenghi. <laughs> but that's not true, is it, Nicola? We know that's not true. It wasn't because he hadn't bought bread from Ottolenghi. No. no. It's, they're, they're so, it's such a simplistic view, isn't it? And I said, don't you care, I'm unhappy. And he said, you see, this he could have been played by James McAvoy. He said, women love being unhappy. It's your natural state. No matter what, what men do, you will always find an excuse to be miserable. Ouch. On Monday morning, I popped up the road to drop off my dry cleaning and borrowed his raincoat. He'd left his mobile in the pocket. I scrolled down the numbers. There were three new ones. One from someone called SJ, one from someone only known as T, and one for Vanessa. I dialed all three, and in each case, a woman picked up the phone. I remained silent. <sighs> I just did breathing. <laughs> and yet again, I felt nauseous, and my hands were shaking. I decided not to grill him when I got home, because he would only make something up. And so I decided I would have to find out. The numbers for Vanessa and SJ turned out to be in Singapore. He must have met them when he went to promote his book last year. The last is more troubling. I find out she's 31, a dancer who does yoga, a prize-winning poet and novelist who is also Indian, not married, breathtakingly beautiful. Okay. I also find out from his emails they met for coffee in Ottolenghi while I was in New York. And he still didn't get any bread. Ottolenghi. He did. He was in Ottolenghi with an Indian woman who was a poet and didn't get any bread. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. So sorry to interrupt, Liz, but we have a very important announcement that might just interest your listeners. There's another Mail on Sunday podcast and it could change your life. It's called Medical Minefield. Yes, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. And that's with me, Barney Kalman, the Mail on Sunday's health editor. And me, Eve Simmons, the deputy health editor. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. Well, how are the letters this week, Nick? Well... We have, we've had lots of like award women congratulations, too many to, to, to do, but um, lots and lots of them. 
we had Janice who said who was talking about your the fact that you've been for a brain scan and your experience of that. And Janice says the nurse and the radiologist at your brain scan were horrible, Liz. My mum is deaf and it made me think about how myself and my brother speak to her louder and louder when she can't hear. I was going to suggest writing a quick note instead. By the way, she had a brain scan for Disney some 40 years ago and she was 97 this week. Your podcasts are just brilliant, one of the highlights of my week. What was the point of that? Well, <laughs> do you mean what was the point of it? She was agreeing about about nurses how rude, that, people, how rude are. people are. And she's also saying that Well, my talks, editor emailed me and she said a doctor had written a very angry letter saying I'd made my brain scan up. And he was really horrible about oh. me and he said I'd made my column up. There's a bedside manner for you. Abuse oh. the poor patient who's having a brain scan. That's really got a lot to be desired, isn't it? Really got a lot to be desired. But she did say she'll take something from that because she talks to her mum louder. So rather than just keep oh, trying okay. to get louder... She's, she's, she's learned she's, something. She's, she's learned something. So instead of that, she's going to write a note instead. So something positive's come out of that. And Andrew says... Because you were on telly this week a lot, wasn't you? Yes. You was on GMB, Good Morning Britain, and you was on GB News with Darren Wharton as well. When I was on Good Morning Britain, they put you in a green room first, which is a bit like a holding pen. Yeah. Before you go on. And I was just sitting there drinking my coffee, and Susanna Reid made a point of leaving the studio, coming into the green room and saying, congratulations, Liz, oh, on winning nice. your award. Wasn't that nice of that's, her? I, I love her. I think she's So Susanna Reid might be very successful and beautiful, but she still took nice. time to come and say, well done. She's nice. Doesn't hurt to be nice. Well, we've also got Kathy Baker, and she Hello, says, Kathy. Congratulations, Liz. Well deserved. So more congratulations. Love your column and podcast, and pauses for dramatic effect. Love Nick too. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.